Hey, Matthew, guess what I saw today? Uh, what? A grown man beating on a little boy. Holy shit, that's terrible. Yeah, and he was doing it in public too, not even trying to hide it. So, so what happened? How did it end? Uh, oh, it's still happening. Yeah, he's been doing it for the last uh, 70 years or so. Andy, what are you talking about? Israel and Palestine, Matthew. I'm talking about Israel and Palestine. Podcast Yggdrasil. And we're back. Hello. <sighs> what a world, Matthew. Yes. What a world. Happy days, happy days. Yeah. Always something new, isn't there? Well, I wouldn't necessarily call this new. Yeah. It's uh... Yeah, it's old news. Old news and new news. At the same time. Sadly. What are we talking about today, Matthew? I believe you said Israel and Palestine. Yeah. They are getting uh, real friendly right now. Yeah, uh, things are blossoming up again. Gonna say it's heating up, but it's already burning pretty hard. Yeah, that pot is always at a boil. Uh, But things have taken a turn for the worse yet again lately. Yes, there's been bombs. Bombings, more bombings, and basically, yeah, basically Israel is. (laughs) I didn't, I, I didn't think they could, you know, get that much worse down there, but they can. And they have. I mean, it's kind of a thing if you're going to do the person under boot thing, you kind of have to like push the boot down on a regular interval. Yeah. So what's been going on? Why is it? Why are things? I mean, everyone knows that the Middle East and especially the Israel-Palestine situation is messed up. But, and that people are dying there, but because everyone knows that. We just don't really care that much about it. But why, why are things so different now? So there's a couple of incidents that kind of relates to one another. Uh, firstly, there's been this thing where a couple of Palestinians have been... Uh, basically, there are plans to evict them because... The courts are kind of like, maybe you don't live here and maybe you shouldn't be able to live here, so fuck off. Uh, the ruling on that hasn't come down. It's going to the Supreme Court, but still it's, you know, tension. And then, you know, there's... Also, I'm assuming it's an Israeli Supreme Court. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think they have courts. <laughs> yeah, it's not like they're having neutral and, uh, you know, yeah, neutral mediations here. Yeah, because I believe this is happening inside of Israel's borders. Then again, who gets to decide whose borders that is? Yeah. But uh, almost at the same time, you know, there's been Ramadan up until a couple of days ago. Wednesday, I think. And, um, you know, the one of the big issues in this conflict is that, you know, the holy places for the Muslims as well as the Jews, they're kind of like the same place. Yeah, and, uh, they share a lot of stuff down there, and they don't like sharing it. There's this uh, this mosque that you know people went to pray to, and then like the police was like, "Huh, is there like a riot here? We should go and deal with these people praying." And they basically went in with you know tear gas and rubber bullets, mm. and I mean that makes people real happy, and I, that happens kind of like. There were like two similar incidents twice over, and the second time, because there's this mosque is considered you know their holy place, so uh, 
it's only you know Muslims that are technically allowed to be in there, even though the police went in. So then Hamas went, okay, if you don't leave our territory until you know six p.m. or whatever, and of course they didn't, and then missiles, mm. and then bombings. Yeah, because when Hamas sends missiles, Israel sends bombs and bombs and more bombs. So oh, fucking religion, man. That's the Just you know surface context. I would say there's like, you know, an undersurface context as well, which yeah. comes into one. Israel has been having some really instability issues lately. Like, uh, their their prime minister has had some corruptions allegations. Yeah, Netanyahu, right? There's been like five elections the last two years and they haven't managed to form a proper government. So, you know, focusing on an outside enemy, that fits in really well. Similarly, you have the Palestinians basically... I mean, A, you have the issue with, you know, there's coming up elections again and Hamas is trying to make a move, trying to seem like, you know, the one who are doing the most for Palestinians... Secondly, you got the fact that, you know, they're basically being starved to death and nobody's caring and, you know, what's happening now ain't pretty, but at least, you know, the dead children get on newspapers. Hmm. Yeah, at least it gets seen and talked about. So there's this weird situation where, like, both of them are kind of happy for the conflict. I think it's weird when you say them, because... That's an important. I mean, that's an important part of this. The fact that, because yeah, there are two major sides here: the Israelis and the Palestinians. But kind of caught in because that's the political aspect of it. Yeah. But caught in between this is the Israeli and Palestinian people, and the Palestinian people in particular. And yeah, like you said, uh, for certain parties in in this conflict, uh, having the world noticing and knowing all the shit that's going down is a good thing and yeah like you said Hamas wants to seem like the most reasonable alternative for Palestinians uh, but then you got the regular people who have been living there for like yeah how many decades now dealing with this shit and yeah I doubt they're any more happy now than they were two years ago five years ago <laughs> Seven nah, I mean, years it's ago. like, oh, we have to rebuild our old stuff again, and I lost two relatives. Mm. That's life. Um, the interesting part of this, it seems that, I mean, it might not be unique, at least at this moment, but it seems obviously clear right now that Iran is backing uh, Hamas, and, you know, the s several of the missiles that have been fired at... Uh, um, Israel. Yes, they, they came out of Syria, which, I mean, it's kind of starting to be, you know, Iran's backyard. And, I mean, Iran and Israel ain't exactly on friendly terms at the moment. Because the interesting thing, you know, for the people who don't really know the situation, you know, Israel has a wall around them, as well as basically a system designed to shoot down rockets. So when the Palestinian or Hamas or you know, other terror organizations of different kinds down there shoots missiles. They very rarely go through. But now this seems like they've had enough supplies of missiles to basically overload 
the system to just... We are DDoSing your missile defense system. Yeah, basically system. like, okay, you can shoot out one missile, you can shoot out two. How about 40? Mm. And the fact that it managed to hit actual goals can seem like a way to try and force Israelis to some sort of a negotiation of any kind, not like, you know, peace negotiations or, you know, anything, but, you know, actually, like, you have to speak to Hamas, which would be extremely humiliating for Israel. Yeah, I mean, them bending down like that, it's not going to pass over well you yeah. know, f- for anyone. Because Israel's been, I mean, they've, they haven't been very flexible <laughs> in the last few decades when it comes to the Palestine situation. They aren't really the ones who give... I almost said give second chances. But that sound that's that makes it sound like they gave a chance, gave them a chance in the first place. They give second bombings. Yeah, because holy shit, man, the things happening down there. Uh, I mean, we, we get we get a situation like this every few years, you know, because yeah. they're all Israel is always torturing the Palestinian people. They're always doing that, but we get situations like these. Every few years where the rest of the world is like, hey, <laughs> something's happening here. People are suffering. People are being made to suffer from this really powerful entity. And that's bad. So, yeah. Here's a tweet in support, I guess. Now let's calm down for another two or three years. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, like, my, my my childhood is riddled with, you know, news reports, uh, memories of the TV blinking on, showing us how, you know, kids are being blown to hell, and how Israel is doing terrible things with no consequence, and then the next thing after that, they, they just keep doing it. Yeah, it was... I don't want to say funny, it's, you know, more on, like, the absurdity of things, but I saw, like, one of the new things, I guess, with this happening now, not necessarily this time, but, you know, the last couple of times is, you know, smartphones, people actually record shit and, you know, post it on Twitter, and you could, like, see, you know, bombing going off, and you could just see, you know, kids in the street, you know, looking up and then, you know, moving on casually, because they're used to this shit. Mm. Yeah, uh... My girlfriend and I was uh, talking the other day and just <coughs> the the issue of bombings came up and we just both started thinking like what if we had to worry constantly every day that our roof might collapse and you know blow us the fuck up now, I was sitting in the kitchen reading about some of this and I I thought what if there was just a huge boom and then our bedroom with my girlfriend and our, and our baby what what if they were just gone? Just imagine what that does to your psyche. Just what it does to your mental state. And that makes it so much more infuri- infuriating watching the coverage surrounding this situation. Because, okay, uh, both of us are, we're pretty, quite far left on the political spectrum. And How did you realize? Yeah. And we're pretty firm in our support of our support of the Palestinian people and our condemnation of the Israeli state yes. and their actions. Uh, but of course, there are two sides to every issue. That's true. 
because it is true that rockets are you know flying over yeah to put it you know simply to israel there are probably people in israel at a lot of places being very scared of just the same thing yeah because we're gonna talk a lot of shit about israel and when you talk shit about israel you kind of implicate the israeli people by default uh, but that's not really what I want to do, or what do you want to do, I think. Because most regular Israeli people, they just they just want to be left alone. Uh, and I think if they were given the choice to you know, press a button and just get along peacefully with the Palestinians, I think most of them would jump on that chance. I think so. I mean, uh, it's I, not as simple as that. I agree to a certain point. The the problem with of course there are more deep seated issues there. Uh, there's, uh, I would argue that Israel is a country that has a problem with right wing extremism mm. because their nationalism is kind of you know, you know Israel is this very very hard thing to talk about because a you have a lot of anti semites that hate them, which is bad. But then you have, you know, the way that they're acting, the way that, you know, their nationalism comes through. So you have this kind of weird because when it's come to different things, we can basically, you know, put nationalism into, you know, good or bad, depending on if you're, uh, you know, a victim or an, you know, or an abuser. If you're living in, you know, America or, you know... Britain at its great time or you know Rome during the Roman days or whatever if you're like super nationalistic that tends to mean you want to like put your boot on everybody else but if you're like let's say you know Ireland and you're fighting for your independence or your uh, other places you know the nationalism tends to be more of a we're standing together against this oppressive force and Israel is this really weird place where they kind of was founded upon the ideals of we have been oppressed and now we're going to stand together and they have started to turn into, you know, the oppressor. It's the difference between preserving and expanding. Yes. Because like you said, <laughs> uh, okay, I guess it's fine to say now that the sun is setting on the British Empire <laughs> yep. at this point. Brexit. Uh, but yeah, uh, like I think there were, those were good examples. Uh British nationalism, uh, it's mostly been about, you know, expanding their rule. I guess you can make an exception for World War II when, when they were being bombed. Uh, but yeah, take the Irish. That's more about preserving and trying to protect something that's under attack, in your view. And Israel, like you said, Israel's kind of, they're kind of in a weird mm. spot there because... You know, the nation was founded in, what, 47? I think it was yes. 47. And has was, lived it, a precarious life <laughs> where it's been. I mean, uh, the Seven Day War and stuff. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, they've had a difficult time. And but, I'll, I'll give them this. The, the land they originally got, like, if you look at it geographically, it, it's not that it isn't, you know, big enough or anything like that, but it's more like... It's not the best military tactically to defend. Yeah, and... Okay, we're not going to go deep into, you know, should they have... Okay, the issue of what land they were given and 
how they were given it. Because I think we can all agree that could have been dealt with in a better way. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the problem is basically when you do the things like your people are getting a land and, you know, you other people who live there, like, oh, you had a house and a farm. I mean, put whatever you can in your car and leave because you cannot leave. I mean, you know, one thing is being afraid of missiles living in your house, but, you know, how would you, you know, react if, I mean, te technically you're renting now, but, you know, imagine that, you know, when you lived with your family out where we grew up, that, like, suddenly, you know, some people just showed up at the door and knocked and was like, yeah, so... Uh, we're giving this back to the original people who used to live there, you know, 500,000 years ago or whatever. So, yeah, just grab what you can carry and leave. Yeah, I mean... It, it doesn't actually, you know, create stable relations. Yeah, I mean, looking back on it, it sounds dumb as fuck to do what they did. Just, hey, uh, you people live here now, we're going to take away your land and give it away to some other people. And also, those people are people you've had quite a few conflicts with. You know those Jews? Yeah, you Muslims, you... Yeah, you're gonna have to give up your land to the Jews. Yeah, and we're making a nation filled with Jews right in the middle of your neighborhood. But, but also, you can keep this little stretch of land right here. Uh, yeah, when you say it like that, it sounds stupid as hell. And I think it is. Because, you know, if the idea was to, you know, give... Jews, Jews all over the world, a nation where they could gather and prosper. I wouldn't, I wouldn't place that nation in the middle of you know deep Muslim territory, where it's surrounded by what five or six different, uh, mostly Muslim, uh, Islamic nations. Yeah, I mean, depending on the time, and I Jordan, mean, Egypt, Syria. Uh, I think you know. Others. You, you could argue there were problems there from before, and I mean, yeah, sure, religious but... conflicts are always there, and you know, there were already militia groups fighting there at the time, but I think the biggest problem is going in, throwing everybody who lived there out, because I think most people, if, you know, their families were being thrown out, they lost their possessions, fighting back seems, you know, natural. I, I You know, I, I keep hearing this, you know, from my cold, dead hands quote when it comes to, you know, the Second Amendment in dude, America. Dude, if you if you told me to get up from this chair right now and fuck off, I'd be like, whoa, fuck you. No, I'm not leaving. Sure, this is your house, but I'm not leaving. I'm comfortable here. So, yeah, if someone told me to, you know, give up my homeland and move the fuck off, uh, yeah, I would have a problem with that. Uh, but let's move to today. Because, yes. you know... We've gone through the same old business before. Israel, surrounded by a bunch of Islamic nations. Uh, occupying Pal a couple of them. Yeah, occupying a couple of them. Uh, Palestinians trapped in their own country, walled in, being starved. Yeah, and being, you know, squeezed out over time. They, you know, Israeli move onto the, or, you know, some extremists build houses on places that are technically Palestinian soil. And then, you know, they lobby and then the Israeli government goes, yeah, I guess we can take that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the pie gets tinier and tinier. And, you know, it's hard for them to get into, you know, Israel and live from there because they're not considered equal citizens. Uh, mostly they're not even considered citizens at all. Yeah, and like, even if you're allowed in there, you're still surrounded by a people that 
both historically and generally in your everyday life, don't treat you that well. <laughs> One thing is being legally allowed yeah. to be somewhere. You're still surrounded by people who may actually take violent action against you just yeah. being there. And, and we, we have seen that now, you know, you, I mean, A, you know, it's an apartheid state in the form of, you know, how we, rights are given, but, you know, didn't take long before the conflict was on until you could see, like, you know, people drag you know going around checking people in cars if they were palestinian or israeli mm -hmm. dragging them out beating them up you, you, have, you have pictures of you know palestinian shop being crushed by you know angry mobs which i mean i know this is kind of touchy thinking we're talking about the jews but you know seeing people going around crushing people's shop in anger it kind of reminds you about something yeah i think i read something about that before because, yeah, let's go there. Let's go there. I want to go there. Because I one thing I really, 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 really hate about discussing Israel-Palestine is the ever, ever ominous presence of anti-Semitism. Yes. Because, I mean, I, I, I can hear your keyboards clattering right now, Mossad. Uh... But my point oh, is... Oh, it's not the keyboard that's clattering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but my point is, uh, any time anytime you bring up the Israeli-Palestinian -Pal conflict, uh, there are going to be people who are real trigger-happy with the word anti-Semite. And uh, yeah, uh, in a situation like this, where both you and I are very critical of uh, Israel, the nation, and their actions, uh, there's inevitably going to be, you know pushback or I, I don't know what to call it but it's the polite it's, way <laughs> it's a touchy subject is what i'm trying to get at yeah and, and, and like i said earlier there's a lot of people who talk about some of these things for obviously the wrong reasons they have other intentions than you know caring about the palestinian people or wanting peace in the middle east yeah and uh, i think it was important that we bring up the fact that uh, yeah we do uh, i strongly support the Palestinian people here and I think the Israeli state is if not 100% in the wrong they are in the in the high 90s 99.5 ish yeah they're in the high 90s percentage uh, percentile of wrong uh, but even despite that we do have a lot of sympathy you know for the regular Israeli uh, person the, the average Israeli person as well as Jews outside of Israel, because an yeah. important distinction to always make is that not Isn't all about... Jews are in Israel. They, yeah, I mean, they're all over the world like any other religion or ethnic group. Uh, and yeah, so I think it's important to point out the... There's a stark difference between Israel, the state, and the Israeli people... And juice. It's kind of when we talk, you know, shit about America. It's like, you know, most people in America are decent people. You probably would enjoy spending time with. That doesn't mean that people in power are not fucking up the world. Yeah, and I say this because uh, what I'm about to say now... Ooh, is spicy! Yeah, it's gonna be spicy. Because even though we do have some sympathy for, you know, the Israeli people, and I do real, I really do understand the the fears surrounding uh, letting Palestine and other, you know, opposing forces uh, get, uh, allowing them to grow strong enough 
to actually hurt Israel. I, I really, I can sympathize with that fear and the thinking around, the, the, the thinking of we have to defend ourselves. Yeah, we might not be, we might not be totally right in everything we do, but we got to defend ourselves. I understand that. But you still can't get around the fact that Israel, the state, is acting very, very similarly to a certain other state we've had dealings with in the last century. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. They are really fucking comparable to the Nazis. Yeah. It, it's just it's just a fact. I, I know that's going to make a lot of people angry, but what, what else do you call it? Like you said, you can be stopped while sitting in your car and asked to identify yourself. You can be tossed out of your home. You can be killed in the street. You can be tear-gassed. I mean, I saw a video just a couple days ago. I think this was from 2016 or something. I don't think it's recent. Last time. Last uh, yeah. season on Israel-Palestine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, like a, it's, it's like The Bachelor just keeps going and going. Anyway... In this video, there are Israeli soldiers, uh, you know, chatting, and you can see what they're, and they have guns, of course, and they're, they're you know, filming a bunch of Palestinians uh, on the other side of some fence, and they're talking, and they're discussing amongst themselves, which of these people are we going to kill? Like, which one of these people playing football by themselves are we going to kill? Are we going to kill the guy in green? Or maybe we should kill the kid in pink who's running over there. They're discussing who they're going to murder. And in the video, you see them making their decision. And you see him taking aim and popping the guy in the head, killing him. And as the people are running, as the other Palestinians are running to the situation and, you know, pulling the body away, they're laughing about, huh, how awesome that was. And that's, that's monstrous. And yeah, I... I just think it's important to really point out how fucking bad Israel the state actually is. Because yeah, the way they're treating the Palestinian people, it's way, way, way past it, an armed conflict. I mean, there's a reason our intro segment uh, was, was comparing Israel to, an, to a grown man and Palestine to a small child. Because that's the situation you got here. Yeah, and I mean, I think even that comparison is, you know, it's not dark enough. Like, you have the one side which, not a country, no diplomatic ties, no, you know, nothing, just cut up and, you know, have some sort of, you know, political freedom fighters slash terror organizations that are, you know, the closest thing that can do any form of, you know, actual pressure. And you have the other side, you know, a country that's backed up by the entire West, pretty much. They got nukes. They've got the fourth largest military, military in the world. And, you know, the more bigger problems, I think, comes down to, you know, they have, you know, an apartheid government when it comes down to, you know, how these two people are treated. They've had a disgusting acceptance of right-wing extremism. They... Kind of, you know, when all this started back in the day, they were they kind of just took the stand that the militia groups that we had that were already fighting here, we just, you know, going to look the other way, let them do their thing. 
And that does kind of set the tone in a way because, you know, when you allow militias and, you know, lynching squads to go around and that becomes accepted, it's not a healthy way to construct a society. No, but that's, that's the way a society like that develops when you're living in a constant boil. Because, yeah, I mean, of course, things are worse for Palestinians every day, uh, I mean, in their day-to-day, but Israelis still have to worry about, you know, bombings, stabbings, yeah. shootings, rocket uh, missile attacks. And I mean... And they have to deal with their own government as well. You know, corruption. Corruption's been a huge problem in the Israeli government. And, it, yeah, like, those people are stressed out as well. Yeah, and, and to put it into perspective, you know, how insane the right-wing rhetoric that comes out. Uh, you know, Netanyahu, he has tried to spin this conspiracy theory that the Nazis actually didn't want to hurt the Jews until the Arabs convinced them to. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's like, you can look that up. And... He said that? Yeah. Ugh. And I mean, it's it's weird to like, you know, feel shocked about this because, you know, we've, we had Trump, you know, the last four years, so... I expected Really, so really little. stupid things we've kind of gotten used to, but... You know, that does something to the other side if, you know, if that's what they're being told that, you know, yeah, I mean, the Palestinians were kind of guilty in the Holocaust. You're going to look at them not like fellow human beings. Yeah, and just disregarding the, you know, the terribleness of saying something like that, it's just straight up fucking stupid. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's, flat earth style stupid. It's also, I would argue, anti-Semitic because you're basically changing the facts about the Holocaust. Yeah, and if it's one thing the Israeli state should have a real firm grasp on, it's how the Holocaust is presented. Yeah. Because that's another big part of this that... It's actually a big part of why I'm willing to, you know, ramp up my rage against Israel to 10 sometimes. It's because Israel the state has, in its, you know, brief historic existence, what, 70 years? About 70 years, 75 years. Uh, in its 75-year existence, uh, the... Wait, is that right? It's between 70 and 75. Okay, yeah, 75. Sure, 75. Uh, in its existence, it has been very particular about, you know, how they've used the Holocaust, you know, PR-wise. Uh, there's a reason why the word anti-Semite is flung about so easily, and it's... Part of it is because, you know, anti-Semitism is still a thing, uh, a very real thing that we're struggling with. But it's also because uh, the Israeli state have been very, very aggressive in their use of the Holocaust, I think. Any criticism against the Israeli state is very often, you know, transformed, not transformed, but uh, willfully and maliciously interpreted as anti-Semitism. And personally, at least, uh, I, don't, I don't know if this is the case with you, but it pisses me off to an absurd degree that Israel has been using and still are using the Holocaust and anti-Semitism and the suffering the Jewish people went through during the Holocaust to defend their own monstrous Holocaust-ish actions. Because... 
yeah, sure, you can argue this up and down, left and right, all you want. Uh, you can say that uh, Israel isn't gassing the Palestinian people. They aren't gathering them in camps and shooting them, uh, raping, raping or experimenting on them. Sure, you can say that. But they are still trapping an entire people within a confined area and taking away their land and their lives. And, yeah, so explain to me, when does their behavior cross into, you know, Holocaust-like behavior? When is it okay for us to just say that, hey, you're getting real close to behaving like, you know, the people, those people? When's it? When are we gonna do it? When I mean, are we gonna say it? The Holocaust is such a specific thing, so I'm not sure, you know, where you, you know, how how close it would need to be. But I would argue that, you know, I mean, they're they're, they're, they're exterminating they're, people. They're committing genocide. Yeah, like the, genocide is genocide. There is war crimes there pretty much every day. Yeah, the, you know, the only reason they're not held accountable is because the big boys are backing them up. Yeah, and when does genocide become genocide? <laughs> Because I don't feel like the world community is treating the Israel-Palestine situation as what it really is, which is genocide. Like, how often I, do you hear the word genocide I think they used? do, but more in the sense of like, you know, there are, ba- are bastards. You know, the origin of the American-Israeli friendship in many ways came because the Soviets were courting the Arabs. So, you know, the thought were that, you know, yeah, of course. We, we'll tactics. give you everything. And, you know, it's the same thing you see other places where, you know, oh, Saudi Arabia, you're throwing your women off rooftops and not allowing them to r- drive. I guess they're allowed now, whatever. We're fine with that if we can exchange security and you buy our guns and we get your oil. And then we pretend like nothing bad happens, even if some of your related sons accidentally fly some planes where they don't belong or, Mm. you know, whatever. It's, you know, is this, you know, it's more profitable to have you on our side so we'll let you get away with anything. Yeah, but, uh, because, first of all, I agree. Because, yeah, (laughs) that's how it works. Uh, But the actions of our, you know, our, I mean, (laughs) take our Norwegian government. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like I'm holding my breath waiting for Arno Sulberg to go out there and say, Hey, Israel, you better stop that. I remember it was a huge fucking deal and like contention points back in, I think this was like uh, 2006 when we got the um, our, our last uh, labor coalition on the left mm. and, you know, the, the most left-leaning party in that coalition kind of got stumped all over. But one of the things they, they got through was an officially recognized from Norway, you know, delegation talking to the Palestinian people. I don't think they, you know, recognized uh, uh, Hamas, but they, they basically, you know, when, recognized when they Palestine. The, the newly elected uh, government down there, or yeah, or uh, in, in, I'm not sure. Basically, in what do you in mean what when way they recognized you but, know, but they, Palestine they, they, they as an independent nation? Or I mean, uh, I'm not sure in what way they did it, but it was in some way they gave them recognition that like maybe like two other countries have done, mm. and 
people on the right lost their shit. No shit. Uh, and, you know, it feels like such a weird thing to act in a way that, you know, because they're there. They're, they're living there. They're dying there. They're, you know, you can go there. You can film them with cameras and see them, the people exist. But it's kind of this, you know, nah, is it really there? It's kind of the same thing that, like, is Crimea really a thing? Mm. Yeah, because the thing you got to ask yourself, uh, we kind of expect, you know, governments to be wearing silk gloves, especially when we're when uh, dealing with uh, the fourth largest military in the world, backed up by the largest military in the world. You kind of expect, you know, our governments to tread softly, uh, tread lightly. But the everyday man, Matthew, our friends, our buddies, our, our colleagues, I, how often do you hear people talk about the genocide that's happening down there. Like, one thing is the political aspect of this, because you can muddy that quite easily. But the humanitarian side of this, the human side of it, we sh what does it say about our media and our, our society when we see these videos, if not every year, then at least every few years, we see these videos of, videos of children being blown apart, being thrown out of their homes. Uh, we see this again and again, and we don't do anything about it. I mean, and one thing is going into the street. I mean, I get why, I get how people, you know, don't don't want to dedicate X amount of days or hours or months uh, protesting, but it's not really talked about either. Either. I think it can pretty much be summed out in. The comment that President Biden gave when asked about this, when he said that, oh, we hope the hostilities in the Middle East end soon, but Israel has a right to defend itself. Which A, basically, you know, puts things into perspective that Israel is defending themselves, but also in the other perspective that is, you're not even mentioning the Palestinians by name. Mm. Yeah, and that's the kind of the problem that they don't really exist. Yeah, because it's the little things like that. It it dehumanizes these people and makes you forget their, forget about their to be a bit dramatic about it. You forget about their existence, because Palestine. I don't think Palestine is a country in pe most people's minds. The Palestinians they aren't really a people in most people's minds. They're just a part of that conflict. Uh, if you t pick any random country. And when you ask people to imagine that country, Austria, mountains and shit, uh, and Nazi gold, <laughs> uh, Zimbabwe, uh, plains, jungles, heat, uh, Norway, white people, oil, mountains, more white people, Palestine, Palestine. Israel, yeah. <laughs> a wall? Bombs, terror, blood, like most people don't have a national impression of Palestine and including the UN. <laughs> yeah. And what do you think we should do? What, what, what do you think needs to happen? Because I mean, okay, don't answer that yet. Because if you ask me that question, I would say Israel needs to chill the fuck out or face the consequences. 
that's the short of it. Um, it's very easy for me to say they need to back the fuck off the territory they've stolen. And the UN needs to come to the Palestine, to Palestine's defense. But it's not that simple. That's just not how today's politics work. So how are we realistically going to get to a future where, uh, <laughs> where things can actually change, you know, realistic change, and where Palestine is still a thing in 10 years? I mean, I think the answer to the degree that there's an easy answer in all of this, because I don't think it is, but the closest thing to an answer I think you can find in, you know, we talked about... Israel as an apartheid state and I think apartheid you know you look back to South Africa and how that were dealt with and you know how you know public pressure has turned into international pressure which essentially turned other people into backing off I'm not sure if it's possible to do here or if Israel is too strategically important for certain countries to give up but i kind of think that's the only way to you know do it you know win the hearts and the minds of the world because nobody else is going to do something and the problem is as i said israel is slowly and slowly eating up the cake that's left there to take the entire pie and 10 years 20 years, 30 years from now, they might have totally annexed the entire area and just, you know, expelled the last people or, you know... I mean, Israel has time. Put, put them under, a, you know, such a regime that they would rather, you know, become refugees. Yeah. Other places. Time is on their side. All they have to do is keep up the horrendous, terrible behavior they're exhibiting now and people are going to be fleeing because... <laughs> I mean, I don't care how fond you are of your nation and your homeland. If it turns into, you know, a burning nightmare like a lot of Palestine is right now, uh, you're going to start looking elsewhere. And when you push enough people out, soon you just won't have anything left of Palestine. You'll just have new Israel. And so, yeah... Uh, I think you make a good point, you know, with the apartheid state dissolving like South Africa. It's just, I don't see them doing it. I, I don't see Israel allowing it. And I don't think there's enough time for the Palestinian people. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have a solution at all. I, I don't know how to solve this. Cause how dare you not have a solution for this easy fixable problem? Ah, it's the Middle East. To quote... To quote the 45th president of the United States, sometimes you just have to let them get at it and fight and resolve things. <laughs> this fucking guy, he was president of the most important, most powerful country in the world. He could have blown us up, Matthew. This guy, the Cheeto. My God, he was president. Can you imagine? I almost forgot. He was president, Matthew. How are we going to explain this? Yeah, and he tried to solve this conflict. That went well. Oof. I'm going to send my uh, son-in-law. Oh, by the way, he's a Jew. He has totally not any biased opinion on what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh and also, let's, let's oh. give this part of Jerusalem to Israel, even though it's... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that was also a problem because 
I'm not saying that Israel held back, but you know, four years or Trump was kind of like, here, have a blank check and do whatever you want. Mm. Yeah, he really put the G in genocide. Okay, fuck, this is a depressing subject. Yeah, it's... <sighs> but it has to be talked about. Yeah, we need to talk about it, because that's the problem. It's happening right before our eyes. They're, they aren't even hiding it, really. It's not like they're I mean, Uyghurs in concentration camps. Not, not hiding it. I mean, as Israel usually do, when they go in, they're like, oh, here's a press building. Well, we've got some good intel that there are terrorists there, so we've got to bomb it. Mm. That's... I think that was one of the first thing that you know poked my eye. Not this time around when they essentially bombed the press building, but I remember, you know, when this happened ten years ago, and you know, footage was harder to come by. That it was starting to surface a lot of evidence that they were actively hunting out and shooting at journalists, and then this was supposed to be talked about in the UN, and then suddenly it never happened. Are those children in hospital beds? Not and if you drop bombs on them. That's a sure sign of Hamas, isn't it? That's how they usually operate. They pose guards, posing as children in hospital beds. Hmm. Airstrike, please. <sighs> are we still funding those bombs, by the way? We probably are. Yeah. That's another thing. Uh, local pressure. Pressure. Because... As long as the, U, uh, the USA is backing Israel and the shit they're doing, I don't see things changing internationally down there. Uh, Joe Biden, for all his glorious self, <laughs> I, mean, I know he's our new messiah, but I don't see him you know, changing the world for the better, for the better oh, in no. any distinct way. Uh, but I do think national pressure from... You know, us Norwegians pressure, pressuring our government to, if not take a stand against what Israel's doing, we need to actually get them on the mic and say, yes, we support this. We need to, the media needs to get more confrontative about this yeah. shit. Because, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to say it's okay, but sure, you're a politician and you don't mind bombs falling on children every day. That's being a pol politician piece of shit. That's how it works. Uh, but I would, like to, I would like to hear our prime minister say it on camera. Because if you're going to cement yourself as a piece of shit, you should at least do it in a documented way. Uh, what do you think? I, I don't think it's going to change anything massively, but, you know, it's a bit harder to defend, <laughs> defend your... Your actions or lack of actions um, when you're on camera defending, you know, genocide. Yes, it needs to become something that's not a popular thing to do. Mm. But they need to defend themselves, Matthew. They only have the fourth largest military. There are like three other militaries that could gang up on them and, you know, and one, take them out. one of them are their friends. Yes. <laughs> oh. My God, the fourth largest military. It's insane. We gave them nukes, you know. We don't have nukes, but mm. we gave them nukes. Yeah. Uh, religious extremism and... Ugh. And, I mean, that's kind of, you know, scary because, you know, China, Russia, USA, 
they're probably not going to use their nukes anytime soon because most of the people they're angry about, they can either, you know, steamroll pretty easily or they got nukes, so, you know, they mm. can't fuck with them. Israel? I mean, things go really bad. They got really mad at somebody. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I wouldn't rule it out. Just, nukes you know, see... and religious extremism doesn't really... Oh, yeah, don't remind me. And, and we're just getting out of a very dangerous nuke situation, you know, with the, the monkey we just had stuck in the White House for the last four years. Whew, he had the nuclear codes, Matthew. I mean, not to bring this around to Trump again, but holy fuck. Things could have gotten... Almost said really bad. Things are really bad, really. Uh, we need to lighten up. What's something good that happened in Israel? <laughs> There's nothing good happening there now. I mean, I... The, the, the one good thing that's happening is you're starting to see a tiny, tiny, major, you know, voices talking about, ah, we're pushing this too far. Yeah, and, and one the, good thing that came out of 2020 know, uh, was, you know, the, uh, I think, protests in, protesting for the cause of, you know, the people who are, protesting on behalf of people being oppressed became a bigger thing in 2020 because of the, the situation in the USA. Yeah. At, it, it at least got a lot more attention. And I think that may... When you, when you think about how most Norwegians, for example, reacted to what happened in America, yeah, we mostly just let it be. But I think most people also would agree that, yeah, the shit happening in America right now, you know, last summer, uh, that's really bad. You shouldn't be, you know, kidnapping people on the streets and shooting rubber bullets in their faces. That's bad. Yeah, and George Floyd shouldn't have been killed. None of these other black people either. Uh... I think that line of thinking became more normalized, maybe, or yeah, just yeah. it got more attention and uh, also more people, you know, thinking along those lines. And that I think is a positive thing when it comes to you know Israel Palestine because if people just open their eyes and look at this situation, it's a blatant, blatant abuse of power on Israel's side. So, in that regard this could be a good thing, the latest development. Because you said something at the very start of our episode, our session, uh, something about, yeah, it's happening. Uh, yeah, uh, you said something about how Hamas and perhaps a few other actors are kind of happy that these new bombings are happening because they're happening anyway. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just getting a lot more attention now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's get to be news instead of like, you know, it happening while nobody's giving a fuck. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's present news instead of past news. Oh, 200 kids were killed by Israel yesterday. <laughs> yeah, but it's, oh, that's you know, in the past. They're, they're dying of, you know, starvation. They're dying of, you know, they're, they're being... Disease. They're, they're being, you know, cut in, but taken in land. But, you know, when planes start dropping bombs, journalist shows up. Mm. I interrupted you before I went... <laughs> Went rambling on. You were going to say something. I probably was. Something good about this situation, I think it was. Ah, uh, yes. I yeah. was, you know, basically just mentioning that, you know, there's been some voices that, or 
I guess, you know, new voices in the terms of that they don't tend to be, you know, siding with the Palestinians in any way and kind of like, you know, eh, we, sh- we shouldn't have, you know, fucked with them at their mosque, that was bad, you know, it's tiny, tiny cracks in an armor of, you know, information that tends to have always been standing very firm in, in you know, we're right and they're wrong. Propaganda. Uh What's the what's the situation here in Norway when it comes to the Israel Palestine situation? What parties, where do the different parties stand? Because our right, they stand with Israel, of course. Uh, I think yeah, both Hader, the right, and FRP as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're yeah they've been pretty hardcore they're, about their Israel. They're, they're you know they're they hate Muslims, so it's yeah. an easy pick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're dr- you're only dropping a hundred bombs on this stupid a country where they're beating black people in the streets. Sign me up. We're still getting refugees here in Norway. You know, drop those bombs. Keep dropping those bombs. That was a stupid question. Of course, they're on Israel's side. No, I mean, but what about the Labour Party and our socialist left? I mean, <laughs> the socialist left. The socialist left is standing fairly close with Palestine. Mm. Um, the Labour Party is kind of more like, they're probably not as bad as Biden, but they're, they're kind of like, you know, we p- please stop dropping bombs, but we're not really going to do something about it. Our opinion is war and death is bad. That's our opinion. But, you know, we support their, your right to defend yourself aggressively. How about our Christians? I our mean... Our Christian, Christian party. Surely they stand with the people suffering, yes? Yes, Israel, because, you know, Christians and Israel. Mm. Uh, they're, they're probably, to be a Christian party, you know, very soft on this. But considering they have had a hard right turn with their new uh, management. Yeah, those twats. They, they might, you know, I mean, they lost a majority of their Christian electorate to Fremskrittis Partia, mainly in things like these. So they're probably going to measure their... Hating Muslim dick contest again. Yeah, now that we got a new vampire leader of that party. I, I still can't believe that Listhaug's cross isn't just burning into her flesh as she wears it. I thought vampires couldn't wear crosses. I mean, vampires are evil. Christendom is evil. Uh, Sylvie Listhaug is the new leader of our progress party, Fremskrittspartiet. Uh, the most racist uh, mainstream party we have here in Norway. It's the Norwegian Tea Party. Yeah, Norwegian Tea Party. Uh, I think that's it, man. Yeah, I'm afraid what it should, is. Yeah, what should we do about this? Uh, well, unless you've got like a really handy, you know, five-minute solution that you can just fly down to Jerusalem with, I suggest you, you know, get people talking about this. Talk about just, this. Yeah, start no. conversations. And go, go, go on Twitter, tweets. Palestinians' lives matter. Yeah, and try to make try to make your politicians and the press, for that matter, but especially your politicians, try to make them force them into taking a stand, whatever stand stance that may be, uh, force them into vo- uh, vocalizing it. They need to say where they stand, and we need to remember it. And history will judge them, I guess. Yes. And us. So. And yeah. if you want to judge, you can review our podcast. Yes. Follow the links to our Twitter account and, uh, yeah, send us an email. Um, what else? 
follow, subscribe, or whatever it's called on the thingy below for more yeah, episodes. The thing. The thing. Yeah, the, the, the thing. We're very, very experienced podcasters that are really good at this. Yeah, so give us feedback, tips, uh, and, uh, wishes, wishes for future uh, we, subjects. We talked about now what we think people need to hear, so if there's something we don't know about that you think people need to hear, tell us about it. Yeah. All right. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye.